have a healing service uh, right right after the fall festival, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, if you've never seen a miracle before, please make sure you're here and stay up close. Amen. Uh, we've seen a lot. God has done a lot here. Uh, Michael is not here tonight. But uh, I do remember we were praying for somebody, and uh, we had one leg shorter than the other one. It was very obvious. And uh, we're praying, but also surprised what's going on, because you see the leg moving by itself. I think I remember my son told you was watching from there, and he went, whoa, whoa. (laughs) When Jesus does it, it's simple. We don't need to understand it. We just believe that God will do it. So we we are actually trusting God for that service. My mind is already turned two things. Fall festival and the healing service. They are consuming me right now. And <laughs> you have to get ready for this. And it's fun. God, just to watch God work. Amen. Uh, would you stand up and let's... Uh, make our confession from the word this is great confession for me and also for you the lord god has given me the tongue of the land that i should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary he awakens me morning by morning he awakens my ear to hear as the learn the lord god has opened my ear and i was not rebellious nor did i turn away amen uh, last uh, wednesday i was talking about uh, Growing into maturity in Christ. And I thank God you're here tonight because these are people who are seeking to grow. You cannot, God will not give you great responsibility in his kingdom if you remain a child. The thing about the child is is the parent's responsibility to give them food. The child, they just cry and then... The parents know what to do. But the child has to cry for it. But for spiritually, on the spiritual side, you have to go after the food. Amen? As a child, you're grown. As newborn babes, Peter tells us, First Peter 2 verse 2, as, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, so you grow. If you eat the word, you will grow. That's what he's saying. And it's God's will for you to grow. He wants you to grow. God does not want you to stay the same. I cannot even at this time in my life, I cannot be the same year after year. I have to grow. I have to grow as a Christian. I have to. If you don't grow, God will not give you the responsibility. Because there's much to do in the kingdom. And you will not fulfill your destiny. Children, and we read last week in Galatians, as long as you remain a child, you're just like a servant in the house. Even though you are Lord of all. No one is born an adult. It doesn't happen. You have to eat. You have to grow. You have to come to that place. And we talked about babies last week and some of the things that you see in babies. It's an amazing thing when we're in the church. 
the reason we don't have a lot of patience with people and we get upset, I mean, a baby is a baby. He's just acting a baby. Don't get upset. You're just being able to place the person. Okay? But don't get upset. Help, just like parents, to train, right? That's, all, that's your job. Christians get upset. And sometimes they say, Pastor, don't you see? Well, how is a baby? Leave the baby alone. Okay? We need to work with the baby. Especially when the baby is willing to eat. Don't make the baby an adult overnight. And don't get upset when the baby is being a baby. You cry too much. Grow up. And you're talking to a baby in the crib. Somebody out watching you. He's lost his mind. But that's what we Christians do. We do that to people. When you become saved, no matter how old they are, in the physical life, they are still a baby. And sometimes they are, they are accomplished in the world. But still a baby. And spiritually, they'll do baby things as they're trying to grow. You just don't treat them as if they're adults. And you have to be patient. That's for us. So we talked about that, and then we talk about childhood. You grow from a baby, you're a child. And uh, you can't put a grown-up head on a, on a child. Can I say that again? <laughs> You can't put a grown-up head on a child. He's a child. And you see the characteristics. These things are parallel. Just like you see in the natural, you see it also in the spiritual. As they grow up, many of us, you can look back and say, I wonder why I did that. I mean, I remember my message was really short. Repent or perish. And I told everybody, you perish. And I remember these kids, when they cursed me out, I never get offended because I figured that it wasn't them. It was the devil that was speaking through them to, make, to, to get me offended. But the wisdom that I didn't have, I was quick to let them know, you're not the one speaking. It's the devil that's speaking out of your mouth. And they got even angry at me. And then when they, they persecute me, I complained for being persecuted. That pers- you're persecuting me for saying the devil is in you. Who wants to hear the devil is speaking from me? And those are not my words. But that's the way I saw it. So that's the thing you have, we have to realize. It's a child. Don't get upset. They will interpret scriptures differently. But be patient. They will grow. And some people will roll their eyes, please don't remind me of those things I said. <laughs> if I can go back and turn them back and change everything, it's a child. It's a child. We have to recognize that and be patient and help. Correct. Just like you do with children. Now, these are some of the things that we'll find in childhood. Uh, children are very undependable. I said it last week. Uh, you give them something to do. In the house, and coming back, and then they are playing soccer, and his friend comes to say, let's go play soccer. It's fun. Everyone is there. Forget the instruction you gave. The child is out playing soccer until he, he, he knows he's going to get a whipping, but 
they suck at him is more enticing than the whipping at this time. Until he's through with the sucker, then he realizes this is not going to be fun. But just the way they are. Very undependable, inconsistent, unreliable. You can't rely on them. And you see that spiritually. So I know don't give them positions of responsibility. <laughs> Hello. They'll disappoint you over and over again. And then you're getting mad. He's just being himself or herself. It's a child. So we need to recognize that. Children are also very curious. They get into anything you tell them not to get into. And how this happens is they want to hear all kinds of messages. Hello. Toss to and fro. They'll come and they're telling you something and you know... (sighs) Should I correct this person or shouldn't I correct them? Have you, have you been there? They're telling you something they heard from somebody and you know that thing is wrong. But they're excited about it. Right? And then they're back somewhere else. To and fro. And, but they feel like we're growing. And you say, you're growing the wrong way. <laughs> Get in the right place so that you can really grow. But that's the way they feel, they, they, and they cause trouble in church. I, I remember Pastor Addison, when we were, I was new there, we were going out to listen to people on the satellite, and he was very concerned. Because they come back, they don't fully understand the message. And they want everything that they're seeing on satellites happening in the church. It, it's a process. That's the crusade. This is church, okay? It's different. And so they come back and, and, and they're causing trouble. We've seen that. And they're just being children. However, you know how much pain you've received from your children, right? They just see your kids, right? You see, I have to walk with them. They're curious. They're full of questions. I mean, sometimes these kids, they ask questions, they drive you up the wall. <laughs> Just one question after another. That's the way they grow. And you say, why don't you just go read the Bible? And they ask more and more questions. That's what you say. And then, as they grow older, they just know it all. They know mother, mommy, and that you're old-fashioned. And you don't understand modern things. This is the way it's done. And they, yeah, but that's not what the scripture says. We don't care what you say. We've got revelation. We found it. We know the secret now. They know enough to get them in real trouble. Just to get them in real trouble. So you see that, and, and, and we see that in Christianity all the time. They just know everything. When you cannot be corrected, you're in real trouble. You're in real trouble. All of us still growing. It's best for us to stay that way. Stay curious. Want to grow. Want to learn. You'll grow with time. And God will reveal. Your heart's right. It's, it's a growth process. Until you're mature. Where God can give you responsibility. But children, they just... At this stage, I know it all. They want to take the pastor's job. <laughs> They believe they can grow the church overnight. I'm telling you, just release me. I have two sermons I've prepared. And the world needs to hear this. 
It's wonderful, I'm telling you. They just believe they, they, they know it all. And when they're doing that, you have to be patient with them. Well, why don't you grow? Well, after a while, we'll let you do that. But it's going to be another five years because you're still manifesting the fact that you are a child. And, and they, they, you need to be corrected. One thing that you see with uh, kids, and that's what you see uh, if you go on campus with kids, they have cliques, right? The, our group is better than your group. Have you seen that? And you see that in church. You know what I know is going These are babies. And we don't do that. You love everybody. You're open to everybody. You're told that everyone can come to you. Your position is to reach out to people, not your little group. It's everybody. You're watching out for them coming out. That's the mature Christian. The new ones coming in, making sure they're welcome, making sure you know it's your church. It's not the pastor's church. It's your church. It's God's church. It's not about you. So it's not about your group. It's not about how much you are accomplishing in your own little world. It's, it's all about the kingdom of God. So you see that. I recognize it. These are children. But again, they're children. Recognize the symptoms and see how you can help push them forward. You understand what I'm saying? That's the whole thing. Love, compassion, to help them grow. It's the adult position to train, right? To show them by your example and help them get to the place where they should be. It's all from, this is the scripture Paul uses. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Okay? That's the classic scripture on this. Okay. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You're still babies in Christ. For ye are yet carnal, or you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For why one says, I am of Paul, Another, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? So that's what it is. Once you have that split in the church, one group here, something is not right. You're dealing with babies, and we don't tolerate that. It's a clear, I belong to Paul, I belong to this group, I go to this place, and you go to that place. This is more spiritual. That's not the way church is supposed to be. And that's what we find sometimes in church. To me, once I see that, I recognize there's no need fighting about it. It's prayer and teaching until they get to the place where they are adults and understand. Sometimes they mean well. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's my only two ministry here. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be helpful to the church. Are, you, are we getting something out of this? To me, it's real important. We need to understand that. Because if you stay this way, you cannot be given by God. Man may do that and give you great responsibility. And I've seen that where a pastor gives responsibility to a child and he destroyed them. I saw that two times or maybe three. And he was frightening. I had seen it one time where back when I was in Georgia where a pastor gave responsibility to this man who was really a baby. And then pride came. And I've mentioned this before. He was so bad. 
And at, at last, he was reading an article, maybe from Charisma magazine, and that described everything he had been through. At this time, he was grown, because we were very close. He was grown, and he was angry with Pastor, and came to me and said, Good luck. Pastor should know this. How come did he, how did he make, why did he make me a leader? He knew Satan was going to come after me, and everything I'm reading here, at first he was in another room reading, and I could tell his saying he was angry, and then he confronted me strongly. And I said, look, I defended my pastor, amen. <laughs> I said, pastor, there's no way you were saved sometime back, and you had passion, you seemed to know the word. There's no way he could tell. And we needed somebody. And they picked on you. So he didn't mean to destroy you. He said, no. I believe he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Still dealing with it. He wanted to destroy me. I said, no, you're wrong. That's not the case. But then I saw it again. And I talked to Angela at that time. And I said, Angela, this, what I'm saying right now is not good. It, it, it's not going to work. And everybody, you know, talked a lot, but it didn't take too long. The guy was back in drugs, and he was bad, and you keep your mouth shut. It's very important that these things be. Now, I want to go on to talking about character, characteristics of the spiritually mature. I mean, you want to know about it, that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> characteristics of the spiritually mature, in my mind, as I share with you. The number one thing, they esteem earthly things lightly. They esteem earthly things lightly. When a man is spiritually mature and God has taken first place in their lives, what, nothing else matters. It's their devotion to God that matters. It doesn't matter what they have. What they don't have, what they suffer, the pains that come into their life, the trials, nothing. What's important to them is their relationship with God, not to and fro, consistent. Because everything that's happening in the world doesn't really matter. What matters to them is their relationship with God and what they can suffer for Christ what they can do to promote the kingdom. We can see that in the life of Moses. Moses, both spiritual and in the natural as well. I believe that these two in the Old Testament, they were going side by side. But the Bible tells us what was really going on. But think about this. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24, it says, By faith, notice, by faith. By faith. We grow in faith and in grace, right? By faith. And faith comes, you have to eat to grow, right? By faith. Moses. Faith by hearing the word of God. Intimacy with God. There was a relationship there. The Bible doesn't tell us, but I can tell why Moses was in the palace. He had spent some time with his mother and his family because his mother raised him. 
And his mother raised him as a Jew. I'm sure you heard all the stories about what God had done with Abraham and Isaac and all of them. How they got into Egypt. About Joseph. He knew everything before he went to the palace. I believe that. But he was a child. So by faith, a time had to come. By faith, when he was come to years. When he became an adult, 40 years. When he became an adult, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused. Now let me tell you something. What you can find in the scripture, if you don't. But Joseph, even before Joseph's death, Joseph knew they were going to come out of Egypt. He told them, get my bones out of this place. So they knew. And Moses knew that God had made the promise to his children. He knew that there was going to be a time when God would separate the Jews from the Egyptians and take them to somewhere else. I don't think he knew everything, but he knew enough to know that these were God's people and I am one of them. But, notice, he had been raised in the palace. Worldly things. Pharaoh, type of Satan, right? With all the pleasures of the world, all available to him. Now, As a grown man, as a mature Christian, you have to make a choice. Amen? Choice. As a mature Christian, you esteem the things of the world lightly. They don't have a hold on your life. You can have all of them. Like we used to sing, get the world, but give me Jesus kind of thing. But that's what it is. When he became of age, he refused. Notice, it's by faith. He saw nothing. Just the promise. He was living based on the promise he knew concerning the children of Israel. And he saw what was happening to them. What do you think would drive a man to leave the palace and go and be checking out his, his brothers? The king didn't know. But he knew. He knew. Maturity. Notice he wasn't concerned about what was happening to him in the palace. He was more concerned about what's happening to his brothers and sisters out there. That's that's the mature Christian. To nurture, to take care of them. Even though he was not very powerful in, in his position to be able to bring total freedom for them to them. But that was where his heart was. And he did nothing, and God never stopped working with him, but till he was about 40 years old. And then, at that point, he made up his mind, I don't want to be called Pharaoh's daughter, meaning I have a line to the throne. I don't want to be called that. He made the choice. He said, choosing rather to suffer affliction, verse 25, with the people of God. That's the Christian. You just the mature Christian, not to and fro. When it's sometimes up, sometimes down. You choose. This is what it's going to be. I am going to follow God no matter what happens to me. 
No matter what's going on. To suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So basically, this is the way he wanted to suffer affliction. Now, the affliction with the people of God is short term. It's not forever. It's, it's a short term thing. The suffering is short term. He says he was esteeming the reproach of Christ a, great, a greater riches because he saw God will reward me. This the suffering is for a short time, but the reward has no is timeless. The reward is timeless. He was able to pick it by revelation. That's the mature Christian. You can look ahead. He was able to pick that up. So he was willing to suffer, get rid of all of these things. Considering the riches of Christ greater than the treasures of Egypt. For he had re- uh, respect unto the recompense of reward. The way God will reward him. He gave everything up. He gave everything. And you can read further in, in that same chapter. Um, it wasn't mindful of anything. He gave it up, went into the desert. Because he thought he made a mistake. But all of that was God channeling him and training him. For another 40 years, he was, he was ready for it. And God says, now, you are an adult. Go get the kids. Get them back. When he was gone. That's the responsibility of an adult Christian. Our job is to bring them. It, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> and he, you have go through a lot of headache and a lot of complaining from the children, just like you got a child. But, but you're bringing them to that promised land. So that's the first thing. Second thing is deadness to people's praise or criticism. I saw. Deadness to people's praise or criticism. You know, uh, with Jesus, he said, Jesus came and Many believe after the miracles and all that, he said many believed in him, but he didn't commit to himself to them, knowing what was in man. Uh, I woke up one morning and uh, I was listening to the radio. Yes, I wake up early, I was coming to church and I was listening to the radio. And the first thing I heard is that, as a pastor, this person, pastor talking, he said, uh, The people that praise you the most. If after a while they end up being the people that criticize you the most, <laughs> oh, I want to shut the video off. But basically, don't listen. You can hear it; it's good, but you don't live on that. You don't live on that. The mature Christian knows it's not you. If they are saying something good to you, it's not you. It's what God is doing through you. Don't internalize it. Don't, put, don't bring it to yourself. They're praising what God's doing in you. And you should be thankful to God. And be grateful for that. But don't, don't internalize it. Because if you do, that's like a child. It destroys you. It destroys you. So, praises to praise is good to praise a child. 
especially when they are not doing well. And you can praise somebody, a child. When you praise a child, what happens? They feel good. And you encourage them. They feel good about life. They feel good about their relationship with you. That's for the child. Hello? The children, children need that. And they live on that. And that could help them. But they still have somebody to monitor them. When they say, yeah, you're taking it too far. Okay? Slow down now. <laughs> I'm great. No, you're not that great. <laughs> you can monitor that. But when an adult starts feeling, I'm great, we got trouble. Especially in church. We got trouble. You shouldn't be aware of that. It's good. Let them say it of you. But don't internalize it. Because it will cause you a lot of trouble. Humility is the key thing with regards to maturity. Humility. Humility is the mark of maturity spiritually. Humility. And that's the person that God can give the greatest responsibility. Guess what Jesus said? Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Then he talks about, he talks about his humility. Learn from me. Right? Learn from me, the greatest human ever. Humility is the key. So, praise and all of that. Jesus was criticized a lot. Never responded. Did you notice that? He never responded. He, the Bible said he learned obedience by the things he suffered. He understood it. When you're going through something difficult times and you're being criticized, especially when it comes from family. Because Satan knows that's when it's going to be difficult. You know, people can say what they want to say about me from the outside as, as pastor of the art fellowship. I don't know them. Doesn't matter. But you or somebody that I know well, Bill, and I'm going to call him. <laughs> what did you say? That's when you can test. How, did you re- how would you react when it's something that close? You remember what Jesus' brother said to him? Go to Jerusalem, show yourself. He didn't respond. The meekest, the most humble person that lived. And so God gave him this awesome responsibility. And the same thing with Moses, the two. Old Testament, New Testament. Humility. So the praise, that's great. But don't let it get in. Because you start acting silly. Acting like a child. If you're a child. Because you think you are all of it. And so you don't listen to anybody. Nobody can talk to you. Pastor can talk to you. Nobody can say anything. Because you are all it. Well, this person said I am great. Well, it doesn't matter what they say. You're acting silly right now. (laughs) That's what it is. Listen to what it says. About... uh, I need to move on because it's so important. I want to get on quickly to the uh, enemies of spiritual growth. That's very important to me. There are enemies of spiritual growth. 
So let me go through this. It says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And so they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? You get that? Hey, we also prophesy. I can do what pastor does. And I think I can do it better. And that happens. I'd like to come and let you have the job. After two weeks, you come back and talk to me. <laughs> and then, so they said, as the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses, they were mad. Because God has given them commandments, and they knew the commandments, okay? Don't marry outsiders, Right? And Moses went and married an Ethiopian. I don't know why he did that, but he did it. And they didn't like it. So they were talking about that. It says, has, God, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? We are equal to Moses. Yeah, that's okay. You are all it. But then it says, has he not spoken to, through us also? And the Lord heard it. Notice, when you're doing that, guess who is hearing? He does. And the Lord himself, he came down. But then he says this. Before we go into the story. Now, the man Moses was very humble. Notice that. More than all men who were on the face of the earth. You know what I got from this? If God sees you as humble, he gives you a great responsibility. Proud? No, no. He resists you. That's the difference. The meekest man or the most humble person in the world, at that stage, in God's agenda, had the greatest responsibility on the earth. And then Jesus, no one like him, Right? Most awesome responsibility God placed on him. The deliverance. So what we should do is fight to get to that place of humility. That's the key. That's why James and Peter talks about humbling yourselves before God. That he'll lift you up. When, you, when you're not humble and things are not happening, God cannot do business with you. Because pride is... From the enemy. It's a part of the enemy. And we cannot have that. And God will tolerate that for a child. But for an adult, uh -uh. that's how important this is. So, you're dead to whether they praise you or they don't praise you. They curse you out. They don't curse you out. You're focused on what God called you to do. Amen? Don't get distracted. Don't let what they are saying you get you bitter. As a minister, you have to overlook certain things. And you have to still continue to love. Love. Put away childish things. First Corinthians chapter 13. Put away childish things. Yes, they are criticizing you. It doesn't matter. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom. And you're living for Christ. It doesn't matter their opinion. God may ask you to do something that no one understands. He seems silly to, to them. And he's so. He seems silly to them. But it could be a test 
to see whether you will change and do what they want you to do because they are criticizing you and you want to be in their good book. You abandon what God tells you to do. He says, I can't trust this person. So when they criticize you, it could be a test. And don't fight them. You still love them. And then when God comes through for you, then they see this was God all along. And you got greater respect from them. Amen? That's how he trains our hands to do warfare. It's very important. Number three, they are able to recognize God at work. In situations, you are able to recognize and look at the mature Christian is able to recognize God's doing something. Sometimes he might, go, he might be going the other way. The immature Christian will start complaining. And then they lose everything. But when you're mature as a Christian, you can see God in this. He's at work in this. I don't quite understand what's going on, but God's hand is in it. I'm supposed to be going up, but it seems like I'm going down. But you remember the scriptures. All things work together for good. By faith. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So we recognize that, and so you can bear it, and bear underneath it, and see, because you can see God's hand. This is what I try to do. No matter what's going on, I just want to know if God's hand is in it. Give me something to recognize that God's hand is in it. Even though things are going the other way. But God, can you please help me? Open my eyes. To see that your hand, even though things are not working out well, that your hand is in it. And if your hand is in it, how will stay the course? Because when it's all over, everybody will be better off because of it. To recognize it. You see, that's what, how I see Joseph. Joseph. He said to his brothers, Do not be afraid. Genesis 50, I, for I am I in the place of God, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. And if you read in Psalm 105, verse 16, it says he was, he was put in chains and all of that. Until the word of God was fulfilled. The word of God tested him. The word of God tested Joseph. He said, God said I made a farming to come. And then they sent a man ahead of him, Joseph. He mentioned him by name. But then they put, his, put him in chains. The word of God, you know, he says, until the word of God was fulfilled. The word, and then he concluded, the word of God tested him. But Joseph understood God was in it. He was mature spiritually. So he, he followed the course. He didn't complain. I've said it here often. If he didn't recognize it, Joseph was an unusual man. I mean, you, you stay in a house, you're a slave, and you are the chief, the, your master trusts you. He could say to his master, why don't you let me, I just I haven't seen my father's face in, in five years. I just want to go see him and come back. You think his master will let him do it? Yeah. He never did. Joseph never did. He never went back. 
He never rehearsed what happened. I think he knew God's doing something. I don't think he knew everything, but he was mature enough spiritually to recognize God's doing something. He never was disappointed. Those two uh, uh, people from the palace, one of them was saved, he went back. Joseph didn't complain. And, you know, many times I used to wonder, I'm sure after he became prime minister, Potiphar was still around. And now Potiphar knows my wife lied. Right? But that's the man he was. He could recognize God's finger in it. He could recognize it. That's what happened also with Peter. Peter saw a sheet coming down from heaven. Remember that? And uh, rise up, kill and eat. He says, I don't do that. But the Holy Spirit, do go ahead and do this. But as soon as Peter got to that home and he saw the Holy Spirit come upon them, instantly he recognized this is God who can stop them from being baptized. He said. He recognized that this was God. And even though everything in him was to fight this based on his training. But he was mature enough as a Christian, as a believer, to know even though we're dealing with Gentiles, God has accepted them. Therefore, we will accept them. That's a mature Christian person. Amen? I read from Acts chapter 11. Time. If therefore God gave them the same, this was Peter saying, speaking, because the people said, why did you go to eat, be with the Gentiles? And Peter was defending himself. He said, if therefore God, 11, Acts 11 verse 7, 17, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus, who was, who was I there that I could, this is King, King James here, that I could withstand God. When they heard these things, notice what they said. When they heard these things, they became silent. They recognized God's this. Amen? And they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. They accepted, they changed their mind immediately. They recognized that this was God. The mature one is able to recognize and to change even though everything is going against them. Um, I also want to talk about godly wisdom. I don't have a lot of time. Godly wisdom is clearly at work. Let me read this scripture and I won't go much into it. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Mature, understanding. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Meekness of wisdom. Meekness, with humility, of wisdom. Wisdom from God will get a man to be humble. Right? Right? Conduct in meekness of wisdom. Drawn out of wisdom from God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 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 But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, that's the child. I, I, I just want to be seen. I want to come to the front. I want to preach from the pulpit. It's all about you. That's the child. You have to depend on the Holy Spirit. You may have the gift of speaking, but that's not what God requires. The, the gift is not enough. The Holy Spirit, that's who makes it enough. 
That's the important thing here. It says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom is not this wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Then this is the scripture I want to go focus on. But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure. Then peaceable. And not fighting everybody, gossiping and causing confusion. Peaceable. And then the next thing is important. Willing to yield. You're not seeking to have your way. Or make pastor go your way. Willing to yield. You know, willing to yield, even when you have the right. You're willing to let, just for peace sake. That's what the Bible says. As much as lies with you, be at peace with all men. Sometimes you have to give up your right. Willing to yield. But when you insist on your way, then there's going to be trouble. It's no peace anymore. The mature Christian seeks peace. Because when we have peace, then the prince of peace is reigning and ruling among us. And then we see his handiwork among us. Peace. Willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruit. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. It's clearly seen. Now, enemies of spiritual growth. Let me go quickly. Enemies of uh, spiritual growth. First, no appetite. Don't want to eat. Don't want to go to church. Don't want to do anything. Just don't want to. You're not going to grow. That's an enemy. Okay? Basically, these people are just with, They just want to get a ticket to go to heaven. Hello? I got my ticket now. I'm fine. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I don't mind if I am a doorkeeper. But I got the ticket now. I went to the altar and I prayed those words. Pastor said to say, and I got it. Here's my ticket. <laughs> That's it. No appetite for spiritual things. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that should frighten everybody. For families who are frightened, if you have a newborn and the newborn will not eat for two days, Everybody's calling everywhere and everybody's nervous. Mama's crying. But these spiritual babies, they may not eat. This minister said this. It was FF Boss what I says that says this. He says, many Christians, they have three hot meals uh, uh, every day. Three hot meals a day and one cold snack a week. Okay. Three hot meals daily, but one cold snack on Sunday morning <laughs> a week. That's about it. They don't go to the word, nothing. So they don't have any appetite there. They don't realize it's a, it's a fight to get into heaven and Satan will want to get you off. Um, I'm not going to another scripture here. Yeah, I'll leave that scripture for you. Look at 23 and 24. Jesus says, strive to enter uh, in at the narrow gate because many will seek to enter but only few will really make it so I have to give it all my, give it my all um, 
Number two is uh, what I call the uh, uh, early arrival syndrome. Uh, basically, it, God's using me now, right? So I don't need to do anything more. I just want two people to Christ. So, but I, I, God understands. I need to be at home and rest this Sunday. The <laughs> but you have to go after it. You know, in the, I said this year before, God in the Old Testament, you are the temple of God, right? The Bible says that. In the old temple, the lamp must be on every single day, light. And there must be fresh bread. On the table, the uh, table for bread. Every day, fresh bread. You can't live on yesterday's bread with God. You got to keep digging. But when you feel like you've arrived, I'm now mature. God's using me, and there are ministers, and they do miracles, and it's a gift. the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So the minister is going, he's working and doing all of that stuff. It happens among ministers. They're not praying anymore. And they wonder, I didn't pray, but God still did a lot of miracles. Maybe this praying thing is not that important. Maybe this Bible study stuff is not that important. I haven't been in church for five weeks, but then I had a campaign, and so many people saved. And before long, they find themselves in a deep hole, and they don't know how to get out of it. And that's what it is. It's a daily thing. We've got to constantly fight to stay to be mature, uh, I, somebody call it premature uh, contentment. Premature contentment. You have to get the, the number three thing, too busy. That's like America. Too busy. And we say God understands. You're so tied up doing different things. And we believe this is God's will, I think, to check if this is, if is, this, if this is the right thing for you. Uh, anything that takes you away from your devotion to God cannot be from God. But if you give, if you, you can make a decision, it's between you and God. If this is that important to you, you cry out to God, telling God, I want to be in your presence. I need you to walk. You don't mean you quit the job or whatever you're doing, but talk to him and let him see your heart. And the Bible is clear. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. This guy shall be granted. He's very important. Very, very important. Too busy. We are too busy for the work of God. And we rationalize it. We'll make more money, so we give to the kingdom of God. Really? You think God's depending on your money? <laughs> no. You have to try to be there as much. Now, I'm not saying you cannot be out of service or uh, out of church or whatever. That's not the issue here. It's where your heart is. Where your heart is. You know, if I'm out on vacation, I can't be in church. I know when service is starting. When I'm in Nigeria, I can tell, oh, they've started singing now. <laughs> oh, Amy just got through now. Maybe the person is coming. I'm, I'm, there's nothing before me. My mind is right there. I'm thinking about what's going on. I would rather be there. That's what this is all about. Um, number four we shall leave you with. Um, this is so crucial. Very crucial. Lack of spiritual habits. Habits. 
you can form a, a habit in six weeks or two months. So a lot of Christians don't have habit. You form a habit. You say, I'm going to wake up this time. Or this time is my prayer time. And you stay with it. Guess what's going to happen? When you're not doing it, you feel something is out of place. You form the habit. This time is when I study my Bible. And when you, when you start it, it may be off and on, but after a while it becomes a part of your life. And when it's not there, you feel out of place. But you have to do it. The, spiritual, the spiritually mature person should do this. This is the time I do this. And you have to. This is time for Bible study. This is the time you have to have a habit. And that becomes a part of your life. Some people don't have that. It's whatever comes. It's, you can't, it's going to be hard to get into maturity. Um, a minister I was reading, he said he, he came to the United States. And um, he wanted to see Kenneth Higgins. Uh, I'm going to close with this. Time is far gone. He wanted to see Kenneth Higgins' uh, uh, ministry and to see Kenneth Higgins personally. He walked into the place and they said, well, he's not here right now. He's not here right now. Uh, but he'll be here later. Uh, but this is his office. You can go in and wait for him. And he said, he walked in there into office. Kenneth wasn't there. You know what was on his table? A, a new book that T.L. Osborne had written was sitting on his table. That was what he was going to study on that day. And he said, huh? Kenneth Higgins reads T.L. Osborne's books? What? I thought he was, yeah. We need each other. Amen? You don't know it all. That was right, Just it was just out of print. It just coming out. And he was going to say what T.L. Osborne had to say. There's a lot out there. Take advantage of these things. If you really want to grow, you will. Listen to me. Today is real easy. Today I can go into the audio books and they read it to me. <laughs> the book I don't have to read. And then if I don't, if I see, hear something, I can rewind it and go back and listen. Stand up with me. I hope you got something out of this. Amen. Thank you. I believe this, that the Word of God has a way of building faith in us just by you hearing. And I take that from the words of Jesus. You are clean because of the words I've spoken to you, Jesus said. But I'm speaking His Word tonight, amen? And I believe the Word is reaching your spirit. And the Bible says the Word of faith, which we preach, is already in your heart and in your mouth. If you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart, then you receive the salvation that comes from the world. I believe that that's taking place tonight. And we have mature people before me right now. Can I hear an amen? They are mature in Christ. And uh, be compassionate when you're dealing with the people who are not in your class, okay? <laughs> be gentle. <laughs> have compassion and teach them, amen? Not judge them. Not judge them. But tease them and bring them up with you. Amen? That's what Jesus will want of us. Amen? Can we lift our hands up to the Master and just thank Him tonight for His love for us and His kindness towards us? God, I pray that you 
reveal to us, oh God, those who are struggling so that we can have a time spent before you, praying for them. That, Lord, that your spirit will move in them and transform them and create a hunger for you that they've never experienced before. I seek to feed them, to, to nurture them, to help them grow, even as you grow us up in your word. We thank you, Lord, our Master. And we're grateful to you for revealing yourself to us. And there's so much that we don't know. But you said in your word, call on, call on to me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. God, I give you praise tonight. And thank you for your great love for us. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.